Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Big Ideas on the Go. I'm excited to have as our guest today, John Bottega. Um, John, uh, welcome to Big Ideas on the Go. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, yourself and what you do for the EDM Council. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, I'm the president of the EDM Council. Um, my, my background has been in the data management space for a number of years. I started out as an application developer, coded for almost 10 years. and um, I gave a presentation some years ago about people in this field. And, and at the time I said, most of the folks in data management didn't start out their careers wanting to be in data management. They kind of stumbled into it. Uh, although I think that's changed over the years. Um, so it was uh, my role at Lehman Brothers back in early 1991, where I was asked to take over a data quality group. And it was the first time in my career that I was looking at data, not just from a technology perspective, but actually the content perspective. Um, and in that role, we were building some of the early um, reference databases, security master, price master, customer master databases and such. And I, I did that role for 10 years. Uh, 10 years at Merrill Lynch in various reference data roles. And in 2006, I was named the first chief data officer at Citibank. And at the time, 2006, no one knew what a chief data officer was. So very exciting in this little over you know, 15 years to see this role grow so dramatically. My involvement with the council was as a uh, founding member when the council was founded in 2005. It was somewhere around 2007 that I was asked by the current board to, to um, uh, become the chairman of the board of directors. And I did that for about eight years. And then um, unbeknownst to me, when we started the council, I was hired into the council uh, and did a couple of years as, as a uh, senior advisor. And then about three and a half years ago, the board asked me to take over as the chief executive, and I've been in that role since. So you, you've had a long career, uh, even just at EDM Council in terms of the various roles from uh, kind of chair to what you're doing today. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, from the first time you were working at Merrill Lynch around kind of data quality to what you were doing around kind of reference data sets at City. You know, how has data management evolved? Not only were you kind of pioneering in the role of CDO, but you've seen this kind of evolution. And so maybe talk a little bit about how you've seen a change since kind of 2006 and how AI and ML in particular uh, have affected that change. Sure. Uh, first of all, the change is dramatic, um, but not out of the ordinary when you think about the introduction of a new role of function. Uh, when, when I had the role prior to 2006 as chief data officer, it was primarily um, I call it an adjunct tech role. Most data groups work in technology. Uh, so we were, you know, um, building databases and really focused on tech. In 2006, when the CDO role came along, it, it early on was reporting into technology, but that evolution has moved the CDO and the role of the data office to the business. Still very tightly coupled to technology, but it is primarily a business function. How do you manage the asset? which we use that term a lot, as you know, of information and apply it to the business, whether it's, uh, and it depends on whatever business it is. If it's in finance, obviously the business of finance, it could be in marketing, it could be in research, it could be in manufacturing, pharmaceuticals, whatever. The, the, the maturity and the seniority of the role has changed dramatically. Um, I often kid that when I was the chief data officer back in 2006, I sat at the kids' table in the C-suite. The CEO didn't have that authority. 
Today, you're seeing CDOs with, with significant uh, improvement in that authoritative role of being asked to take on not only the data role, but they're asking to be take, uh, or they're asking to take on the analytics role. They're asking to be, uh, to, to be given the role of ensuring data ethics. You mentioned AI and ML, it plays right into that, Dimitri. So you think about the, the explosion of artificial intelligence models and machine learning models. Uh, like everything else, they're only as good as the data that goes into them. So the chief data officer plays an important role in that in ensuring that the data is fit for purpose, it's appropriately acquired, it's ethical in its access. So all the stories we've heard about, you know, it's it's legal to pull data from Facebook, but is it ethical to pull, pull data from Facebook, things of that nature? So the CDO is squarely in the middle of all of that as a partner to technology, as a partner to the business. And that's probably the biggest evolution of the role is, is, is being in the middle of those functions and helping facilitate good, good behavior and how we manage information. So it's, it's interesting, you know, when you talk about AI and ML and the growing importance of that, obviously there's some new regulations on the horizon that are going to be impacting that. But it also brings up another kind of dramatic change I think we've just seen over the past year with COVID, which is this kind of rush to the cloud, especially in financial services, right? As people try and decommission their own data centers and move more of their workloads and their data assets, as you refer to it, to the cloud. Now, I know our first exposure to the EDM Council here at Big ID was through uh, the cloud um, data management capabilities or CDMC working groups. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, this other kind of access and, you know, the importance of cloud data management and controls in the cloud and, and what EDM Council is doing about it. Yeah, that, it, it started out kind of humbly and turned into quite a massive activity. Um, the industry, as you know, is, is, is cloud hungry right now. Everybody wants to move to the cloud. Um, I, I often get a kick out of thinking about when I started in my career, they used to call it time sharing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I remember that. Yeah, your computer was off site somewhere and I actually worked for a time sharing company when I first started out at the, at the university. So now it's the same kind of thing, but you know, modern day. The whole idea is that you don't have the responsibility of the physical location. It is, it is outsourced, if you will, to a provider. Well, the, the, the technology capability of the cloud providers is, is, is huge, right? The, the flexibility, the scalability is, is fantastic. So how does the industry effectively use cloud? Um, we're seeing lots of opportunity, but you know, as you move more and more data into the cloud, there's challenges. There's information security challenges, there's, there's residency challenges, corporate challenges, things like that. So the way this started out was we were in conversation with, with Google. Um, they had had a conversation with, with Morgan Stanley and they were doing their, you know, their cloud implementation. They said, look, why don't you go talk to the council? We keep doing the same thing over and over again every time we talk to somebody. I, I'm sure if we got together with the council, we could facilitate a discussion where we can come up with a framework of what are the best practices of moving the cloud. So all of the emerging concerns, both from a private sector perspective as well as the regulators, right? Because the regulators, I'm sure you're aware, are looking at cloud implementation, making sure that they are fit, fit for purpose and, 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 and have good security, et cetera. So maybe we can facilitate a discussion. That humble little dis conversation turned into a work group that's now been running for a year. We've got top of the house participation, engineers, business people. Um, we were able to, bring in all four major cloud providers, so Google, Amazon, 
Microsoft and IBM, almost all of the GCIP are participating. And it's not just focused on banks because we're gonna, you know, this standard applies to any industry. Um, and, and it has turned into quite an exercise. We're building uh, a, a framework for cloud adoption and migration. And here's the key thing. They came to us because they liked our model called DCAM, which is the data capability assessment model, how to do, do good data management. Because if you think about cloud, again, like anything else, cloud is only as good as the data that's in it. So how do you properly manage data in the cloud? And the opportunity we have in front of us now is let's not do lift and shift. All we're going to be doing is lifting fragmented environments into a new environment, make it fragmented. Let's look at our fragmented environment and do it right this time. Proper lineage, proper ownership, proper, proper controls, uh, proper guidance, governance, et cetera. And that's what this, this framework is all about. And I, I'm actually absolutely thrilled. You think about a year of over 200 people from competing organizations working together to drive this. We're now talking to global regulators about this activity as a way to inform the regulatory community as they opine on legislation. It's, it's a great effort and, and we're very excited to be you know, part of it and kudos to all the folks who have been contributing. Yeah, and then we're we're proud to be members of the working group as well. I am curious. You touched on a point around talking to regulators and thinking about kind of adoption, and you've been through a little bit about this with kind of the DCAM standard. So I am curious how you envision um, the the working group evolving from the perspective of standards that people could use um, as they kind of migrate to the cloud. Do you see it? being like DCAM, do you see it being like NIST or something entirely different? So maybe you can talk about what the next year or two looks like uh, in terms of the outputs and um, what you anticipate both from kind of industry groups as well as regulatory bodies. Yeah, when we when we started DCAM, <clears throat> the goal was to support our members in you know this, this um, hygiene framework, right? How, how do you do good data management? Uh, almost unbeknownst to us, it, it became a standard because it, it's being adopted. So it, so it, it's, it's evolving into a standard to adoption, which is fantastic. And, and, and now we're about over 60 to 70% of our members use DCAM in some way, shape or form. And most recently, we've had a significant number of uh, other um, companies in other industries using DCAM, as I mentioned, manufacturing and retail and, and, and other companies like that. So very excited to see that. How is CDMC going to evolve? I think it may become a little bit more formal, Dimitri. I think because, because of the pending regulation or regulators opining on this, it could we see it evolving into something that becomes an auditable certification. So if I'm a firm, and it could be anybody in the, in, in that supply chain, I could be the provider of cloud services, or I could be the receiver of in the you know the company building a cloud environment. Is the environment I'm building CDMC certified? Does it touch all of the key capabilities that we're building into this, which is things like uh, ubiquitous cataloging and um, uh, 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 heterogeneous cloud environment capability across, across cloud providers and all of the data management capabilities that have to be in the cloud, which technically are being done on prem, but now I'll say are elevated to a new level because now cloud becomes your source of, of information. So I see this evolving into more of a standard uh, certification uh, type of framework. We'll see how that goes so far in our discussions with, with industry and with regulators. I think there's a path to that to becoming that. 
Carol, that's that's pretty exciting. So so it sounds like over the next year, that's part of the mission is to get kind of wider adoption and put some teeth around around the standard. I am curious as you kind of look past the next year over the horizon, what's the next kind of frontier? What's the next working group that our audience needs to be thinking about that you think um, has an opportunity to kind of drive both innovation, but also to some degree, a set of controls. So cloud is behind you. What's next? What's after that? Well, we, we actually got a couple of concurrent activities going on right now, which I think are also going to be sustainable going forward. One that really, I think, hits home is, is, is um, responsible data management or data efforts. As we get access to more and more data, we, the industry, the onus of, of responsibly managing that data becomes even more paramount. Um, I'll give you an example. In the auto industry, uh, late model automobiles are connected to the cloud. Uh, I've been told by, by uh, auto industry experts that late model automobiles are producing over a terabyte of data per car per day into the cloud. Now think about the amount of data and the amount of you know, cars on the road, right? Um, it isn't just the GPS, it's speed, uh, acceleration, turning velocity, proximity to automobiles. I was told by one executive that in an accident, they can tell where your hands were positioned on the wheel and where your eyes were looking. Now think of the, the societal benefit of that data. We can study it, reduce accidents, uh, you know, improve the, the experience for the driver, et cetera. But think of the liabilities associated with the privacy of that data. And is the data being used appropriately, ethically? Um, you know, insurance companies want to get at that data because they want to gauge the, the, the customer's insurance rates based on that. Um, repair shops want it so they know whether the car is being you know, driven recklessly or not. You can see how this evolves into all sorts of things. Um, as we as an industry get more and more into this, I can see the data ethics topic becoming absolutely front, front and center. The other activity that's becoming very, very important, and, and we're all seeing this ourselves, is uh, ESG, ethical data governance of, of, of data. So uh, environmental issues, uh, ethical use of data, et cetera. Um, how do we know that firms are uh, adhering to their promises from an environmental perspective? How are we managing that data? The uh, uh, environmental side of it right now has a plethora of stakeholders, who are all trying to come up with different standards. So it's very hard to come up with the standard across the supply chain of how companies are reporting their uh, environmental adherence and their social adherence and what's being reported to the regulators. That's being driven by what's going on in society today. That's another huge activity. And most recently, we've kicked off an activity in return on investment of your data program because it is so systemic in an organization. How do you track the benefits you're realizing by good data management across the whole organization. So there'll be no shortage of, of topics to address as data management becomes more and more relevant to businesses. Well, well look, you're, you're, you're clearly doing something right. I think just even uh, kind of through the member roles and just the, the cloud um, data management um, uh, capabilities group. So congratulations on that. It all sounds incredibly interesting and timely. I think uh, the Europeans just talked a little bit about kind of introducing a GDPR for, 
for, for data ethics. So all very important. Um, John, uh, you know, I think this has been great for our audience and I think very informative as they think through some of their data strategies and getting a sense of, of where data has come from the last kind of 15 years from when you kind of first started in, in your kind of CDO role. So, so thank you again for joining us. We appreciate um, having you as a guest. Um, uh, and hopefully there'll be another opportunity to have you uh, at some future time. And uh, for our audience, I'd like to thank all of you for, for joining us. And I'd like to remind you to all please subscribe to Big Ideas on the Go. And if you can, please leave a review from wherever you download and listen to podcasts. So thank you, John. And uh, we'll talk to everybody again. My pleasure. And I'm happy to come back again. Thank you.